Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio, the nation's number one custom motorcycle podcast. With your host, Courtney Lambert. Brought to you by Raw Edge Custom Motorcycle Paint Shop. Hear real talk discussions with the biggest names in the industry about the latest custom motorcycle news, trends, and events. Now, grab a drink and have a seat, because we're about to get started. What's up, guys? This is your host, Courtney Lambert. Welcome to a very special episode of Wide Open Radio, brought to you by Raw Edge Custom Motorcycle Paint Shop. Uh, Guys, this is our part one of our Sturgis 2016 recap, and (laughs) it's going to be pretty funny tonight, guaranteed. Um, I asked a couple of people to come on the show with me tonight to kind of help give their perspective of the ride to the 76th. And the best people I could think about were James Patience and Corey Souza. These guys really hit it off, and I'm going to let them tell you a little bit about that once they come on air. Uh, But you guys heard on the last episode, I had Flash from Bikers Against Bullies come on. You guys are familiar with Flash, probably mostly from his time that he spent in seeing the Baddest Bagger contest. Uh, Flash is a great guy. He and his wife, Kitty, asked us to participate in the Ride to the 76, which is a ride that was originally developed by Dave Withrow. You guys know Dave used to be on with me, um, owner, publisher of American Bagger, Urban Bagger Magazine's uh, Baddest Bagger. He originally came up with this ride several years ago, and he and some of his industry friends would plan a route for the week before Sturgis, and they would ride from the original destination, wherever that be each year, to Sturgis. Now, last year, they decided that they wanted to tie in a charity, so they got with Flash and said, hey, we want to raise money for Bikers Against Bullies. This is Flash's organization. Um, In a nutshell, Bikers Against Bullies raises money to send people into schools and different organizations uh, with kids to tell them, about the effects of bullying, um, to put it shortly. Um, Flash told us that 15 children in America every day commit suicide. And, you know, a lot of that is from bullying in schools, bullying at home, bullying online. Um, It's a really big deal. So uh, what they did is they came up with this organization. It's a great great source um, to get the the word out about this. And Dave said, hey, I want to team up with you and I want to use this ride that we're doing to to bring money into your organization and help these kids. So last year was the first ride that benefited Bikers Against Bullies. It was the ride to the 75th. We all know that was a big anniversary year for, um, for Sturgis. So they used that as a launching pad for this ride. And this year, of course, was the ride to the 76th. 
So this year they uh, started out in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and we'll talk more about the entire route once the guys get on with me. But, guys, this was such an amazing experience, and I really can't wait to get that out to all of you. Um, We're recruiting people for next year, and we're already counting down the weeks until we get started on the ride to the 77th. That's how amazing this was. In fact, like as I say that, I've got chills on my arms right now. Um, So pretty cool. Um, Definitely something that you want to hear about. And guys, the experiences and the memories that we made along the way and the funny stories and the inside jokes, I can't wait for everybody to get on the line with me so we can tell you about that because we had an amazing time and we've got some hilarious stories to, to share with you. So um, before we do that, I want to just kind of cue everything up for you. Um, I posted a link to Kevin Sayers' photo gallery on the event page, and I should probably go back and post that on the Wide Open Radio page as well. Um, I'm not sure if I did that or not, but it's a, it's a link to all the photos that Kevin Sayers took. Uh, Kevin, this was his second time doing the ride. He's a great guy. He comes from um, Maryland, right? Kevin, I think you're from Maryland. He comes all the way from Maryland to the destination and then rides the entire, you know, it ends up being like 26 or 2,800 miles to Sturgis, and then he rides back. Um, so he took on the job as being the personal photographer, which was pretty cool. So he was taking shots of all the events that we did. He was um, constantly taking pictures of, you know, us hanging out in the hotel at night and during the ride, the guys on the road. Between Kevin and Randy Kwan, we probably and, and me, everybody was making fun of me because I'm constantly videoing everything and doing live video. But uh, I'll say between the three of us, I think we covered the event pretty well. And I still have not even come close to uploading half my pictures from the entire event. So still working on it. But um, so to cue that up, if you guys want to follow along with the pictures, that's why I posted the link. Um, Kevin has them very nicely organized in today's. And to explain a little bit, um, he starts with day zero. Um, Actually, I think he starts with Nashville, which wasn't part of the ride. But uh, Dave, Kevin, Jeff Zielinski, Chris Cross and his crew, um, a bunch of them, they met in Nashville and spent a night in Nashville having some fun and then rode from Nashville to Cape Girardeau. So there's a separate album for that. Then there's day zero, which is our original meeting day where we did our kickoff party at Lawless Harley-Davidson in Scott City, Missouri. So that's labeled day zero. And then day one is the actual first day of riding. So that's the day that the guys went from uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri to Joplin, Missouri. So altogether, there should be about nine or ten days worth of photo coverage, which is really cool that Kevin took the time to do that and, and organize them and post them for us to all see. So I want to say thank you again to Kevin Sayers. Um, Besides that, like I said, I've been posting a lot of photos and videos. I tried to do as much live video footage as I could. Um, So hopefully you guys were able to check some of that out. Um, I wanted you guys to feel like you were there because we really had such a special time and um, had so much fun. I I felt bad for everybody who wasn't there with us because, you know, most of us don't have time to get out and do such um, long, drawn-out events. And this was for us. I mean, Corey and I were gone a total of 19 days for this trip, which is unheard of for us. But you know what? It was worth it. It was for charity. Um, It obviously was a great time. And I would not change anything for the world. It it was amazing. So we want to get all that across to you in case you can't tell by everything that I'm saying. Um, Phil was saying that 
I got a message from Phil saying that the audio was kind of low. So hopefully that's better now. I don't know, Phil. Maybe you can shoot me another message and let me know because um, I want to make sure that this um, the audio on this show uh, is good because I'm hoping that I'm hoping we've got the people from from Bikers Against Bullies and from uh, Youth and Family Services and from Big Brothers Big Sisters. I hope we have you all listening because uh, we did this guy we did this all for you guys and. Um, you know, we're excited to get this out, and hopefully you guys are welcome to use this audio if you want um, between this and the next episode, which will be our part two of Sturgis coverage. So um, Melissa says the audio sounds good on her end, so Phil, hopefully um, hopefully you're able to hear us fine now as well. Um, so we are back finally from Sturgis, 19-day trip. Crazy, guys. Such, I mean, it felt like we were gone for two months, and amazingly enough you would think after being gone for that long you would be ready to get home and ready to get back into the swing of things and get into your routine and every year I say it I don't want to leave Sturgis I mean we had such a good time and we have so many friends there and and friends who don't live there they're all there and we all hang out every night and this year we spent so much more time in Spearfish with Dave and Samara and we just did normal things it was kind of like we lived there and we were just going out to stadium every night and hanging out and and it really made it hard to leave you know I mean South Dakota is awesome and it's beautiful and not to mention the weather Um, of course we came back to 95 degree temperatures here in Florida but we were waking up to 60 degree temperatures in South Dakota which was a, a great change um so it was hard to come home. You know, we we got back home um, early Monday morning, and we've been trying to get back to the swing of things here at the shop. And um, it's been tough. It's been a tough adjustment. Like, there's been several times that I'm like, just take me back to South Dakota, please. But uh, it was a great, great time. And for anybody who wasn't able to make it this year, guys, I get it. It's hard to get away. A lot of people work normal nine-to-five jobs or normal 15-hour-a-day jobs, um, so it's not not easy to get away whenever you do that, but you got a year. Plan ahead. We've been telling everybody you've got one year, well, 51 weeks until you have to leave for Sturgis next year. Make it a priority. You will not regret it, I promise. So um, before we get started with uh, Corey and James, I want to run our Raw Edge ad real quick, and then we're going to move right into our ride to the 76th recap, which I can't wait to share with you. New on the custom motorcycle scene and taking the industry by storm, Raw Edge Custom Motorcycle Paint Shop, specializing in badass airbrushed graphics, laid down by some of the top artists in the country. Raw Edge offers free consultation to help motorcycle owners decide on colors and designs that bring their vision to life. Custom renderings are also available, allowing customers to see the paint layout on paper before any paint is actually sprayed on the bike. Quick turnaround times on award-winning paint is something that is hard to come by these days. And Raw Edge has committed to providing these services along with top-notch professional customer service, helping top-name industry pros and everyday Joes make their dream bikes a reality. Stop by RawEdge.com to view a full portfolio, list of services, and contact info. Ready to turn your ride into a work of art? Call Raw Edge to get started on your project today. 602-471-2912. 602-471-2912. All right, guys. 
Now, I want to remind you, if you're listening, if, um, if you want to call in, if you have questions for James or Corey or myself, the call-in number tonight is 323-870-4604, 323-870-4604. Now, guys, whenever you get on the line, if you have a question, if you want to come on air and talk, just press 1 on your keypad. And that will let me know that you want to come on and you have a question. Otherwise, I'll just think that you're listening because I can see, like, right now we have probably four dozen, five dozen callers in queue. Um, but a lot of people just call to listen. Like, I know Phil Parent calls to listen from his phone. So, again, guys, 323-870-4604. The call-in number is also listen, uh, listed on the Wide Open Radio Facebook page, 323-870-4604. Press 1 if you want to come on air. I'm going to go ahead and bring James and Corey on. Um, guys, again, if you have any questions, we'll take live callers tonight. We can also take Facebook questions as well. So, Welcome to James Patience from Ground Zero Customs and Corey Souza from Corey Souza Originals. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How about you? I'm good. good. You sound so serious. <laughs> Corey's sleeping over there. Not in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I chose the two of you to come on for tonight's show for several different reasons. Um, one, because I knew that you guys would have a lot of fun with this and it would be uh, a lot of fun for everybody to listen to the two of you guys talk. And two, because this was the first time that you guys had ever met. And I know that you guys had kind of admired each other's work and stuff along the way, but whenever you guys finally met in person, it was funny because I was like, oh, these guys are like brothers who have never met. So you guys really hit it off. And um, I thought that it'd be a lot of fun to bring both of you on to talk about this. So, yeah. um, first Sounds thing like, first, like, I um, want to give like, a... Like what? Is this a dating website? Is this a dating website? It is. I've got, a, mean, I've got a slight man kinda... crush on Corey. Everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to talk more about that later because that was a serious comment. <laughs> So um, a little bit of background for those of you who were not able to listen to last week's episode. Um, The Ride to the 76 was um, an event that we participated in a week before Sturgis. Now, each participant, and there were what, guys, 30 or 32 different riders who participated? (laughs) Okay. That was a lot. So each participant had to raise a minimum of $1,000. Um, and this is another reason why I chose you guys. James, you raised over $10,000. I just looked at the page today to see what the, yeah. the totals are as of now. That is amazing. Over $10,000 raised by James and his crew. Um, Corey, you were able to raise over $6,000. And total as of right now, guys, I don't know if you've looked at it, but collectively as a group, we're up to $77,617 right now. That's awesome. Woo! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, again, this was to benefit uh, Bikers Against Bullies USA, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and Youth and Family Services, um, all for a great cause. And um, to see the amount of effort that went into the fundraising and um, the the live auctions and stuff that were going on at the events each night was very humbling. I know that you guys probably agree. Um, so that's the background on it. Now, what we did is everybody met in Cape Girardeau, Missouri on July 29th, which was a Friday, I believe. And trust me, guys, 
throughout the show, you're probably going to hear all of us trying to figure out the days and the times and the cities because it got a little confusing after a few days. <laughs> but um, So it started in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and um, by way of western Colorado, ended up going up through Wyoming into Sturgis. So it was seven days of riding, eight days of interaction between everybody, and it was an amazing time. Now, Flash told us whenever we first started this, that this was going to be a life-changing experience, right? He told you guys that? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so when when he said that, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be cool. It'll be fun, you know, and I think Corey was kind of the same way. And I don't think that it really sunk in until halfway through the event how life-changing it really was. So we're going to talk about that through the show and, and why we feel that way. But, James, I know I can speak for you in saying, too, that this – this was a, a game changer for everybody. You know, it changes the way you oh, think oh, about absolutely. things. It changes the way you treat people. And yeah. it, it was a life-changing experience. And so I want to tell Flash thank you for having um, all of us participate because um, we really appreciate it. And I know we're already looking forward to next year. So um, so to get started, um, the very first day, which on Kevin Sayers' photos is labeled day zero. That's the day that we did the kickoff party in Cape Girardeau. Um, well, let's start with this, though, because I, I said something about this on, on our Facebook page. People were asking, like, oh, I thought we had pictures of the, the Sprinter van hooked up to the, the trailer and all that, right? So we kind of started off on the wrong foot a little bit, and it took Corey and I, what, 12 hours to get out of Sarasota? Pretty much. I mean, we were, I was loaded, ready to leave at 12, and then my, my band decided to go on limp mode. Yeah. So by the time so we, we got everything like... loaded up and stuff like that, switched trucks, I didn't get – I was ready to leave at 12 in the afternoon. I didn't leave till 11 o'clock that night. <laughs> yeah, so we already got a late start, so that's what happened there. Um, so we drove through the night. We left at 11 o'clock on Thursday evening. Uh, drove through to Chattanooga where my mom lives. So we stopped there for, what, two hours and then drove the rest of the way into Cape Girardeau. So that was already exhausting just getting there. And I know, James, you had some flight delays and stuff. So we both kind of, yeah. all of us, started off on the slow foot getting in. Um, and it looks like before the calls are starting to back up, guys, before we talk about Cape Girardeau, let's take a couple of calls real quick, Okay. You are live on Wide Open Radio. Who are we talking to? <laughs> it's Randy Kwan. Oh, <laughs> Kwan. Kwan. What is up? <laughs> uh, you guys forgot about Nashville. You guys didn't make it to Nashville. We're a day oh, late. So it's good that I took your call first. I'm going to go ahead and give you – you got the floor, Randy. Tell us about Nashville. Well, Nashville was a blast. I rode from Los Angeles up to Nashville to meet the gang. That was an interesting five-day ride by myself. But uh, You guys heard that up, correctly. Uh, he rode all the way from Southern California to Nashville before the ride even started. Hit the quan. Hit the quan. I mean, I've, I've never been to Nashville, and that was my first time there, and I can't wait to go back. Um you know, country girls, country music, bars everywhere, <laughs> great food. Well, I don't even you think we rode that down. What's that? Are you back in Cali or are you still, uh, are you still riding? 
I just got back to Cali at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. I had to go around the uh, fires at the Cajon Pass. I got the 15 shutdown coming out of Vegas. Oof. So I had to go uh, all the way into Victorville, Palmdale, and down and around through the valley and back down to uh, Torrance. Wow. That was, uh, it took me nine so, hours to get home from Vegas. Man. So, Randy, total, yes. total days on the road and total mileage. Today was day 25, and when I hit my driveway, I was at 7,057 miles. Man. Oh, geez. You know, I honestly Dave thought Whistler you were going to have that right on the that. Mark. What's that? Yeah. I Remember, you and I thought that you were going to have more miles than that, but Dave did hit well, it right on the head, huh? I was supposed to go to Minnesota. That didn't happen. And then I was supposed to go through uh, Idaho and then down Oregon and then down the coast. So if that had happened, I would have hit 10,000. But, uh I was getting a little bit of a baboon butt there, so I decided I was just going to stop in Vegas and float the pool for a couple of days. Can I say that on the radio? You love the pool. (laughs) He has passed out in every pool in every state. That's right. That's right. I I find find a body of water everywhere I go. I'm in Southern California. I'm sitting at the beach right now. I'm sitting on the ocean. Oh, geez. Tell us um, who who joined you in Nashville. I know Withrow, Jeff Zelensky, Chris Cross, yeah. right? Yeah, Jeff Zelensky, Dave Withrow, Chris Cross, Matty Ice, uh, Corey Ayers, okay. um, Kevin Sayers. Oh, he's gonna kill me. Um, Kevin Sayers, uh, obviously Clarence was driving the, the chase truck, and Chris Reed was mm-hmm. driving the RC components truck. Um, mm-hmm. Can you remember the guy with the yellow bagger that came out from Nashville and then went back home? Oh, yes, but I don't remember his name. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry because uh, we had a great time. Uh, Aubrey. His name was Aubrey. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and I'm missing a couple of people. Uh, oh, Len, uh, Len was there. No, Len oh, yeah, there. Len Edmondson from Ass Kicker. But he, so, yeah, he was there. You guys had a long, you guys had a long night that night, and then you had to ride from Nashville to Cape Girardeau in the rain. I don't think there was ever a night that wasn't a long night, and I don't think there was a day that we didn't have a long ride the next day, and I don't think we didn't ever get hit rain. So that's kind of like a yeah, repeating itself every day on this trip, but it was still a, a I mean, I met some of the most amazing people. You guys are awesome. Uh, I've, I've made some uh, lifelong friends on this trip. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm glad you called in so you could talk about Nashville because none of us were there, so we couldn't really talk about it other than mentioning that you guys went. So um, are you going to hang around and listen? I'm going to listen, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna turn your microphone off just so we have as little um, noise going on as possible. But if you want to chime in, press 1, Randy. Absolutely, I will. But I'd, yeah, I would love to hear what everybody else has to say. Get the call. All right. Get the call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah. No, we're going we're gonna to tell about that in just a little bit. I've got that on my notes. Don't think I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> Thank he's you, Randy. He's our scapegoat, too. I'm going to pretend I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's take one more call real quick, and then we'll get started with Cape Girardeau. You are live on the air with Wide Open Radio. Who are we talking to? This is Dino. And what's up? Hey, Dino. Dino. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Doing good, man. Good. How about you? 
Doing good, trying to get adjusted back to, I guess, my normal life. And I, I just had to call uh, call Johnny Mead and be like, I was like, man, I, I, when are we going riding again? That's <laughs> right. Well, how's everybody doing? we got to go to another stop. You know, it's like i got to call everybody. What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, See, lifelong that's friends, that's, that's the thing about, from, so. from this ride. Yeah, these guys uh, wh- just got off a long ride together and spending all this time together. They can't even stay away from each other. They're all calling in just so they can talk to each other again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking in my head. I was like, okay, James, he's in Idaho somewhere. I was like, yep. I'm sure I can figure out how to get there at some point, at least go see him. Then I'm going, well, you know, I always like to go south sometimes. I know I can get to Sarasota, Florida, and come by and see you guys. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I'm always going out towards Phoenix with John and them, and I'm going, well, maybe I can head up towards uh, Southern Cal and see Randy. And, you know, <laughs> it's like we all want to reunite before the next ride. Yeah, we should do it. We should do it. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. I, everybody on the ride and everybody that was involved was just super great, just awesome people. You know, it was all like we were this one big family, like the giant Griswold biker family. <laughs> going, <laughs> That's going, how our trip went. Going, going cross country <laughs> for a great cause. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, my restaurant, I went ahead and sent some more money in so you can add another $250 uh, to the total that you had earlier uh, on top of what we already had. So I was able to get some more money donated, and I went ahead and sent that to, to Flash today. So I know he'll be glad to get that as well. So. Awesome. You're up. Yeah, so that's nice. 77817 Yep. Awesome stuff. That's awesome. And, Dino, your wife's coming with us next year, right? Yeah, yeah well, we are. If, yeah, the only way I can go is if she goes, and she's a she's a hoot. Let me tell y'all, she's a she's a wild child. <laughs> Got a heart of gold, <laughs> but she will tell you how she feels. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> nice. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm probably excited, in trouble. Peter. Well, she's definitely yeah, excited because right. uh, I. I've been, like, all week just telling her, you know, about everybody there and all the bikes and all the talent and the quality of people and the stops and the ride and just on and on and on and just, you know, it's a life-changing, amazing experience. Yeah, you know, we, uh, it definitely we, was. Yeah, yeah, I'm already, like, you know, and I'm a, I'm a general contractor by trade, and now I'm already scheming, like, you know, I want to build another bike for the next ride. <laughs> and, and for me, I mean, having the time to do it is almost impossible, you know, but, hey, I think I'll figure something out. <laughs> Let's chip in and yeah, we'll take everybody. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, I got, that's that's one thing I didn't have to worry about on this ride is if I had any problems uh, with the, the skill set of everybody that was there. I could have just been like, hey, um, my bike won't start, <laughs> and I'm lazy. Will someone fix it? <laughs> that's but, for sure. Yeah. That's one good thing to have, though. So. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of talent on the ride, for sure. I think everybody would agree with that. So um, thanks for calling, Dino. It was good to hear from you, and I'm glad that awesome. you're excited about next year. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, – if you want to keep guys, listening, you can keep listening. I'm going to turn your microphone off, though, okay? Will do. I'll be in touch with everyone. 
<laughs> All right, Gino. All right, take care, bro. Thanks, you take care of you guys, too. All right, man. All right. So, Cape Girardeau, uh, day zero, the day that most of us arrived, and um, we show up and it's raining. And we have to go to the Harley-Davidson dealership, which was Lawless Harley-Davidson in Scott City, Missouri. Um, they put on a huge party for us, a huge meet and greet, and we pull up in the rain, and there's actually a decent crowd of people there. So, um, Corey, I know you were there. Um, James, you didn't make it to the event that night, right? I, I didn't. Get no, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, so, Corey, can you tell a little bit about – um, that night and the party and the meet and greet and all that? Yeah, everything was really good. They had a good venue for us when we pulled up over there. It was the first time my bike seen rain, so I popped cherry on that deal. That was awesome. And uh, <laughs> But we pulled in there, and it was really cool. They had a tent set up for all of us, so we could put our bikes underneath the tent, and there was a lot of bikes there, custom bikes and uh, regular bikes. And um, wow, it was good. Food was good. Drinks were good. It was nice to meet all the guys that were going to be on the ride. It was nice to see Dave and Jeff and all my boys. Um, so. Now, the, like you said, the food was good. Um, they supplied food for everybody. Um, the staff there was amazing. The dealership, that dealership was super nice, huh? Yes, really nice. I like that place. Yeah. So um, so they had a tent set up for us, which was really cool since it was raining. So everybody parked their bikes under the tent. Um, a lot of people came and brought their kids since it's kind of a, um, a children's charity event. And um, we did live auctions. Dave and Flash got out front and auctioned off some really cool artwork. Um, I think Jeff Zielinski was the winner of one of those pieces, and he texted me yesterday and said that he already has it hanging in his office. Um, but that was the first time we really got to see Flash and Dave in action doing the live auctions and getting everybody all hyped up. And, and they're so good at it. They had people wanting to hand over cash, like hundreds, thousands of dollars in cash, which was really cool. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention I made a note about from that night is the unique way that Flash was able to raise, like, I don't remember how much it was, Corey, but like $900 cash he raised in a matter of two or three minutes. Um, yeah, by showing Dave's tattoo from last year. Oh, yeah. So, Thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> <laughs> last year on the ride to the 75th, one of the ways that Dave Withrow raised so much money is he got a tramp stamp. And the tramp stamp said, throttle up. And so this year, Flash brought it up and raise money saying how many people have money to get Dave to show his tramp stamp again. So people are literally throwing cash at flash and we finally got Dave to pull his pants down a little bit and show his tramp stamp. So I don't think he was very happy about that though. I mean, he was very so, happy about that. <laughs> he would probably have his feelings hurt if he heard that right now. So um, that was the first, that was the first day. Um, Corey, you unveiled your new bike. You've had this new bike you've been building for years that nobody knew about. So you pulled up on your new bike, and nobody even knew that you were coming with it. Um, it was a little different than a lot of the bikes on the ride as far as the level of customization. I mean, a lot of the – Indian was nice enough to give several um, brand-new 2017 victories for the guys to ride. Um, and then you roll out with this Lay Frame 30. 
So did anybody – were they surprised to see you pull that out? Yeah, I was surprised Dave, to see him pull that no. out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Dave was like, you ain't riding that on the ride, are you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, ugh. You know, and I think I think a lot of the guys that um, that we've all become friends now were a little skeptical about me riding that 30 on this ride because they think that you can't ride these bikes. And as long as I've been building baggers, you know, we ride them all the time. Every year at Sturgis, I bring a big wheel bagger with me or my chopper or something like that. And um, I think after day one, we got lost and we ended up doing 490 miles Um I think I made a believer out of some of the guys on the ride that you can have these big wheels and you can do lay frames and you can ride these bikes. And I think there's too many people that are building these carnival rides that are giving the bagger scene a bad name by not thinking like you can't ride those things. But, you know, I think on the ride, I, I changed the decisions on the people that are with us that you can do that. And I know, passing people at 90, 100 miles an hour on their bikes and the Sturges, I definitely changed their minds, too, because I know they gave me a double look when they were like, what, what's, what's just going by me, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah, I, I think I think it was kind of funny because Flash made the comment at the end of the ride that hopefully more, because you, you brought a custom bike, um, James, John, Lynn, there were quite a few custom bikes on the ride, Um but maybe next year we'll see even more, you know, because your bike's definitely not the most comfortable bike out there, and you made it work. So we'll, we're going to talk more about how uncomfortable and, and how uh, inconvenient it was at some point in the talk. But um, So day one, you just brought up a little bit of what I was going to say for day one. Day one, you guys got up. You left Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and rode to Joplin, Um we're, I'm not going to name any names, but whoever was leading the group, and there's different groups, so we'll explain that first. Both groups. Um, both groups. Not everybody both leads. Groups. Oh, both groups together. Yeah, we got okay. lost in the same so, place. Yeah. Okay, so both groups got lost and ended up in the same place. So it took, <laughs> I think that was supposed to be about a 350-mile day, and it ended up being a 490-mile day. Um, but you guys got to see a lot of cool stuff. So where did where did that end up taking you, James? You were with them at this point. Yeah, we uh, we actually saw all of Missouri that day. We saw <laughs> St. Louis like three times, and uh, yeah, that was the first day that I that I saw Corey's bike. You know, we saw it. Uh, we pulled up to the gas station, and um, when I saw Flash the first day, he said, "Have you seen Corey's bike?" I said, "No." He goes, "Dude, that thing's gonna win Bass Bagger. There's no doubt." And um, I pulled Aww. up at the gas station, and, and just I was floored. The, the bike is stunning. And, and so <clears throat> the seat doesn't look very comfortable. I sat on it. It's not very comfortable. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, to, to see him putting on 500-mile days and the, and the days in the rain and everything, I mean, that's, it's impressive. So, so it, everybody, cool. all of us, need to step up next year and, and, and build something crazy for the ride. So. Hey, does this mean I can bring so James, stock you were riding. Year? What, Corey? I said, does this mean I get to bring something stock next year then, so I can be you comfortable? Can, you can bring a Goldwing if you want. You've already you got your you got your streak, so you're good. <laughs> nice. James, you were riding your um your road glide, right? I was yep. I was on a on a customer's road glide that I built. My bike didn't get done, so I had a couple bikes I could choose from, and and a couple of my customers were nice enough to 
to offer their bikes to me. So, so a huge horsepower uh, turbocharged Road Glide was my choice. So. Now that one was on the cover of Urban Bagger over the last. It was. Yep. This year, um, right? It's a four-year-old build. Yep. Um, I built it four years ago. It got the cover of Urban Bagger, and um, it's just been chilling. It's just been sitting in the garage. I, it's virtually unchanged, and um, just pulled it out and dusted it off, and and went and put some miles on it. It was great. Cool. So that day, uh, day one of riding Cape Girardeau to Joplin, um, we finally pulled into Joplin, Missouri. By the way, the hotel we stayed at, can you guys agree that that was probably one of the, the most hospitable places that we stayed? They were I mean, all great, I thought. They had their, thought, yeah, but they had their bartenders stay and indefinitely yeah. until you guys were finished that night. I mean, that was, yeah, that it's, was pretty it's nice. great. They were awesome. Yep. <laughs> and so we all met there, and then we rode over to – uh, hideout Harley Davidson, which they put on an amazing event for us. Um, everybody pulled in and Flash was there with his microphone and the crowd was on both sides and everybody rode through and he was stopping everybody as they came through and introducing them. And it was like you guys had 100, 200 people probably standing there waiting for you to roll yeah. through and everybody was so excited to see the builders and the industry professionals. So it was a it was an awesome welcome, I thought. And then Flash had some games set up, and they played a bunch of games out front. Um, the interaction between the people and the builders was amazing. I know, Corey, you talked to, to several different people who who came just to see you. And I know, James, you had some people who came just to see yeah. you. And yeah, was great. I think that had to have been such a cool feeling. I, we had some listeners, some wide-open radio listeners who drove from the other side of the state to come – see all of you guys and, and to, to see what was going on because they'd heard about the event. So yeah. to me, that's just like mind-blowing. I don't know how you guys felt about it. You know, when, when somebody says, man, I drove I drove 200 miles today so I can shake your hand and see what this is about, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's part of the life-changing experience. You know, it, <clears throat> your, your perception of the industry and, and people changes a lot through this, you know, the course of this two weeks, but. Yeah, you know something gotta, that came to my mind. James. And... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said I got to agree with James on that. It was definitely really cool to pull up and you know have people come up and that have been following us and know us from you know Facebook and uh, that they came all the way out there just to see us and you know wish us safe travels and let us know that we're doing a good thing and you know just the support was unreal. Yeah, and did it? Did you guys think about this at all? Because this kept popping into my mind the whole time we were on the road. Um, a lot of times I even make the comment that there just aren't – people aren't fans of the industry so much as they were 10, 15 years ago in the chopper days. And a lot of times it, it kind of seems like that, but I feel like this trip really brought it out and proved that there are still so many fans of of custom yep. builders out there and – they still follow your work and they still admire your craftsmanship and your talent and they still want to meet you and shake your hand like James said. And I think that social media has taken um, the spotlight off of that a little bit because people seem so accessible and so approachable on social media. But to see these people so excited to see you guys in person and like James said, traveling 
several hundred miles just to shake your hand, they're still out there, and that proved it to me. Yeah. There are still so many people out there who just wanted to get your autograph on a book that didn't even have your picture in it, you know? Yeah. It was really cool. So so that was um, the first night, the very first meet and greet that we did at uh, Hideout Harley-Davidson. Again, awesome dealership. The staff there was amazing. They have a really cool downstairs too. I don't know if, I know Corey got down there, James. I don't know if he went down there or not, but they had like uh, a I little didn't. man cave down there. So that I was, was really pizza. cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were down there eating pizza. <laughs> so day two, we got up from uh, Joplin, Missouri, and you guys rode to Wichita, Kansas. And I have to say, you can tell me if I'm wrong, there wasn't a whole lot in the ride from Joplin to Wichita. Did you guys stop anywhere interesting that I don't know about? Mm-mm. We just ran fast all day, and <laughs> that, that's all we did. It was great. I went to Super okay. Sunday, got my hair so, did. <laughs> did you in Joplin? I'm just saying. No, in Wichita. I'm just saying. <laughs> what? Celebrity status. That super cut. All right, yep. so in uh, Wichita, there was a really cool biker bar called Lizard Lounge that hosted us that night. Um, that was that was kind of a different event. It was not a Harley Davidson dealership, like I said, it was a biker bar, but they kind of did like a bike show out front. It seemed like, and there were quite a few for Wichita. We were told that Wichita was going to be such a small town, and there's nothing there, and and we pull up, and it's not such a small town. And there were quite a few custom motorcycles, baggers, big yeah. wheel baggers and stuff there. And they were excited to see you. And, again, it was another experience where these people probably don't have industry professionals come to Wichita very often, I would have to assume. So for them to be able to have you guys looking over their bikes and complimenting you on it and, and having – conversations back and forth about, well, what would you do? Or, you know, if this were your bike, how would you change this? I I could see that they really appreciated that and they enjoyed having you guys there, you know? Yeah, it was, it was great. They, they have a really nice, they have a lot of style there. I mean, they have their, uh, their own style, um, very, um, very low rider feel, but, but lots of really nice bikes there. And it shocked me that we mm-hmm. were pull into Kansas and that, that there was all those killer big wheel baggers sitting there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that night at Lizard Lounge, we did a live auction on stage, which got to be pretty comical. I'll tell you, I was sitting next to Jeff Zelensky, and he had me cracking up all night long. Thanks. That um, guy is mad. It was definitely funny. I was I kept saying I was like these people are going to think that we are totally not taking this seriously and they're going to end up getting mad at us. But they they appreciated the humor and they put up with us. Uh and we were able to raise a lot of money that night. I don't remember how much, but it was really cool and one of the things that I really liked about that night in Wichita is Flash pulled several people, several of the builders up on the microphone and let you guys pick your favorite bikes. And I think that was probably pretty special to the guys that came out because it's not like they just won a bike show that a judge picked their bike. Lynn Edmondson from Ass Kicker or James Patience from Ground Zero Customs or Corey Souza from Corey Souza Originals picked my bike. So 
that um, I think that really stood out to me that we did that that night, and I thought it was really cool. Um, Corey, do you remember the bike that you chose? Yeah, it was a um, a 30-inch Roguelide, black one. Just really clean, had a killer stereo system. He was playing it for us in the parking lot. Um, but it was tough. It was tough to choose between them all. They had a – I was surprised, like James says, that in Kansas City that they were going to have that many baggers. It was like they knew we were coming and they got their stuff – they had their stuff on fleek when we got there, you know, just to show out on them. I'd say it was cool. Yeah. I'm probably going to say this wrong, but it was cool to be at a bar. I saw a bunch of one percenters walking around, but there was a the crowd of people from all over, and there was no no BS going on. And, and you know, we live in this world now where there's so much, you know, all you hear is hate crimes and all this stuff, and it was cool to see a variety of everybody in one place, all getting along, all loving motorcycles, all raising money for a charity, and there was no drama, and it was just good to see all that going on, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, I'll say it. I know one of the things you're talking about, besides the fact that there were one percenters there, but, guys, it was how it's supposed to be. There were white people, black people, Hispanic people, people of every race there, and everybody and was Randy having Kwan. a good time. They were there for the motorcycles, and Randy Kwan, of course, but we're going to talk about his <laughs> ethnic descent later. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we're all there having a good time, and, and nobody cares about what anybody looks like or where anybody's from or how much money anybody has or whose bike is nicest. Like, everybody was just there enjoying the the fellowship and the fun that we were having, and that – Corey and I talked about it. That definitely spoke huge to both of us. We we talked about that for a little bit. Um, now, that night leaving Lizard Lounge, Corey, you had something happen that that was spread all over the Internet, but I don't know if anybody ever actually heard the backstory on it. So what happened when you guys were leaving Lizard Lounge? Uh, I just got this new haircut, so I was trying to like, show out, and I grabbed second. <laughs> And my name, that's when the name The Ripper was formed from Dave Withrow that I <laughs> blew my belt off the back of my butt. <laughs> so, so the uh, truth believe comes it or not, out, there is no dealership. Because... What? I said, believe it or not, between Wichita, Kansas to Colorado, no Harley Davidson dealership stocks a belt for an 09 to 16 bike in stock. So, if any Harley Davidson dealerships are listening out there, stock that belt you know what I mean help a brother out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that was that was pretty traumatic I I was sitting in the lobby of the hotel and I can't remember who was in there with me but they were facing the front window of the hotel looking towards the street and I was facing the inside of the hotel and all of a sudden I see their eyes get really big and they look up at the road and they look at me and then they look down really quick and I was like Oh, God. And I turned around, and I see Corey pushing his bike down the road, and my heart sunk. And I ran outside, and I'm like, what happened? What happened? And thank God he just blew the belt. I thought something worse maybe happened. Um, Corey, we have a a request um, that came in on Facebook. Um, One of our listeners wants you to say Wichita again. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook? What? Wichita? (laughs) Wichita. You gotta say it right. That's how you say it, isn't it? Wichita. I've been there. No, you gotta say how you say it. Yeah, how you say it. It probably has an R on the end. Which? Wichita. No. 
Wichita. <laughs> like a guitar. Say, okay. Wichita. Say <laughs> wicked pisser. <laughs> wicked pisser. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, one other thing that I want to bring up about that night in Wichita. So, Wichita has Uber. We were very excited about that. We didn't think that they would have it. But, again, Wichita proved itself to be a bigger town than we thought it was going to be. And so we call a couple of Ubers because we're responsible people, and we weren't going to take the bikes out because we wanted to go have some adult beverages. And uh, the Uber shows up for the five guys that are in the group beside us. And um, that was Dave Withrow, uh, I think Corey Ayer, um, big guys. We'll put it that way, five big guys. And what kind of car pulled up, Corey, as their Uber? Uh, I think Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, that was like a Chevy Cavalier, I think. <laughs> Wasn't it? Am I wrong? Or like a Cobalt or something, yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a compact car, not built for them. I know that for sure. I think it was a smart car, the actual. <laughs> so we're dying laughing because this car pulls up to put, pick up these big. I mean, you guys know Withrow's what six four or so big guy. Yeah. So they're all piling in this Cobalt, and then a I think a, a Volkswagen Jetta pulls up to pick us up, and so we went out and. Uh, we thought we were all going to the same place. We ended up not at the same place. I don't know how that happened. I think they tried to ditch us. But um, so we had a good night that night. We went out for some drinks and came back. Um, Randy Kwan was with us that night. And um, that was Wichita. Did anything else happen in Wichita, guys? Yeah, we're supposed to give a shout-out to Christian and Joplin. I know that. That was before that, though, the bartender. We're supposed to give a shout-out to her. She was really good to us. Christian Sorry, and Joplin. Yes. Good shout-out. That's from Quan. At... What? Quan just texted me that and told me to say that. <laughs> okay. So, okay. so I'm, I'm texting Quan yeah. as we're talking. I'm sorry. It all makes sense now. Quan, Quan and the bartender. All right. So yep. the next day was <laughs> Wichita to Dodge City, Kansas. Um, which was a straight shot across Kansas. Um, I did not realize how little there is in Kansas, and I'd never been there before, so I told Corey that now I know that I really don't need to go back to Kansas because um, I feel like we saw it all, all the corn, all the wheat, all the cows. Um, there's a lot of that there. So that morning was all uh, spent kind of grasping at straws, trying to figure out how we're going to get Corey's belt replaced, and everything ended up falling into place. Um, it had a belt overnighted, um, so that was key. And we show up to Dodge City, and it's like this old western town, I guess. Uh, who? It's Wyatt Earp. Is that was mm-hmm. he from? Is that where he was from? Dodge City? So... I don't know if that's where it's from or what, but no, I know everything Dor- said wider. Dorothy was there. Oh. Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Okay, Corey. So yep. no, that was that was Wichita. No. What? I don't know. I don't know. I also saw <laughs> my mom was telling. For, me. She was, uh, my mom was telling me to look for Dorothy. Yeah. And Little House on the Prairie also. So, um, yeah. Quan just Quan just chimed in and said that it was a Chevy Cobalt. So thanks for that. The Uber was a Chevy Cobalt. Um. So 
Dodge City is this old western town, and we pull up to the Dodge House, I think was the name of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And yep. so at first glance, Corey and I are like, oh, boy, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. And we walk in, and there's literally like this atrium in the middle of the hotel that has everything you can think of in it. It has a volleyball court, a basketball court, a pool with two big twisty slides and then it has the entire set did we ever figure out if it was bonanza it, or Gunsmoke? bonanza yep that was i oh, okay. see it kept going back and forth but i guess it was bonanza yep. so the the original set of bonanza was inside the the atrium area see randy just said gun smoke yeah well, randy knows I everything. Just bring randy back on i guess oh, no, yeah, i know i know so <laughs> So uh, the owner of the hotel was nice enough to let us bring Corey's bike into the inside of the hotel. Who who has an ice cream truck? I was actually chuckled on my head by the house. That sounds good though. <laughs> I know. I was gonna jump on. Make it sound like we live in the hood. <laughs> I'm just saying. So. So Corey brings his bike into the lobby of the hotel in Dodge. James and a couple of the guys um, were right there with Corey the whole time helping. Larry and I went and grabbed parts for him. Um, You guys did a tire change on Larry's bike while we were there. There was a lot going on there, and they actually let us use that as a shop, which was key. So cool. Um, So we went out that night to the casino. Anything, Anything good happened at the casino? That I didn't see. We had a good steak dinner. Nope, I think Dave won like five or six hundred nope. bucks. Of course he did. All right, Dave. Dave loves <laughs> gamble. So, um, so we had a steak dinner there. We really didn't. I know we all went back to the hotel and kind of hung out in the uh, the the common area. Corey, tell everybody what it looked like inside. You had a really good analogy. Oh, it was a prison. And we were doing yard. That was that was set up for a straight prison. You had your top floor and your bottom floor, and then we were doing yard time. So we were out there fixing the bike during yard time. But that and the lady who stayed out stayed out there at night. The hotter it got. So it was like straight. Mm-hmm. It was a prison setup though. <laughs> the AC from all the rooms blew out into the middle room, so it was just hot. yeah. The the heat from the AC. Yeah, that was intense. So day four was Dodge City to Pueblo, and finally it's not flat. Pueblo. Finally we're seeing mountains. Pueblo. We had, we had James, I don't even know if you know this. We had speech, we had speech lessons, Corey and I, on how to say Pueblo on the way there. Oh, really? And I have a video. I, I'll have to see if he'll let me post it because I don't even think he knew that I took it, but it is hilarious. So hopefully Corey knows how to say Pueblo now. Um, was that not the, the most amazing day of riding? If I had to pick one day that had the best scenery, I would say that that had to have been the best day of riding. I think that's that was the no. start of every day was amazing after that, but that was the, that was the start for sure. Yeah. Actually, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the next day. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the day that we actually started seeing mountains. 
but not the day that you guys were riding in the mountains. So that night we did a meet and greet at Outpost Harley Davidson. And what was it that they served us? They were called floppers. Oh, man, that was crazy. Around the right night? The yeah. yeah. Tell, explain to everybody what these things are. It's like a it's like a big, huge, open-faced cheeseburger on bread with, like, green chili cheese sauce and then, like, onions and crap, like a chili dog. It, they, they were killer. I don't know. I don't know what was in yeah. them, but they were killer. Yeah, I I didn't really know what to think about it, but it was delicious. It looked it looked really messy. I didn't know if you were supposed to eat it with your hands or eat it with a fork. I don't think anybody really knew, but we just did it, and it was amazing. So apparently that's like a that's a thing there. So if you guys are from the Pueblo area, um, yeah, whoppers they were really good. Um. So we had a really good turnout at Outpost Harley Davidson. Um, by the way, Dodge City, Kansas, we did not have an appearance or a meet and greet. That's the reason we went to the casino that night, which worked out perfectly because that way the guys had time to work on the bikes. So Pueblo, Colorado at Outpost Harley Davidson, they had a really good turnout. And there were there were a few locals that came out with custom bikes, right? Yeah. Not many, but a few. Um I didn't go into the dealership there. Did either of you guys go into the dealership? I didn't, actually. I did use I think Corey's well. stuffing his face with ice cream right now. Did you Did you get ice cream, Corey? I want to. I want to, too. It's like <laughs> 20 feet away from me. The Navis kids are all out here getting ice cream, and I want ice cream. You told me I couldn't go anywhere as loud or be obnoxious because we're on air, so I can't get out of the truck getting ice cream. Give the poor dude an ice cream break. <laughs> You can get ice cream, Corey. That's okay. I know it's been a too really many kids out there. I'm on probation, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I'm always kidding. I'm always kidding. Anyway, so um, we met somebody really interesting um, in Pueblo. Corey, I want you to tell about it because um, oh. you originally struck up conversation with this guy, and. Um, oh. And we ended up spending names. a good portion of our evening with him. Um, well, I don't remember his name either, but oh. you can tell him. You can tell people about him without knowing his name. Yeah, I got his card somewhere. But yeah, he was a super cool dude. He came to P Harley Bike Night with a Model A, and I went over there and noticed that he had like sixty cans of Coca Cola in the front seat. So I was like looking at his car and we started talking and I think he gave you a ride back to the hotel. Right? Yeah, you told me to ride with him and you didn't really give me a choice. You just said get in the truck with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he came back to the hotel, he was cool and then he offers to give us a he gave us a ride back to his place to go get another car, a limousine, like a nineteen nineteen limo or something that he had. And I remember we drag raced a Camaro that night with one of his model yeah. Y'all, this guy drove these cars like they're modern cars. Like, we were taking turns with no brakes, like, and I videoed a lot of it. I don't know if anybody was able to watch that, but I videoed a lot of the time that we spent at his house, and I videoed the whole ride because it was really cool. He had, so there were three, three pedals, but none of them were brakes. Is that right? So there's a handbrake and then the clutch reverse 
penny accelerator? I don't know. I was in the front of the car trying to start it with a crank. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was really cool. So he took us back. Um, We went to his house, saw a bunch of cool stuff that he had there. The guy gave us um, two wooden spokes to old wooden wheels. He gave he gave us a, a motometer that goes on the, the radiator, like a thermostat that goes on the radiator of the old cars. Super cool guy. And the, the coolest part, I think, was just how excited he was that we were excited about his old stuff. So it was kind of cool to, to talk with him and get to know him and show him that there's some younger, we're not super young, but younger people who care about that stuff. Um, and he was excited about that. So, Anyway, that was our buddy we met that night. Much moonshine was consumed that night. Um, I know the guys out in front of the hotel went through several bottles of moonshine, jars of moonshine. Um, Oh, Susan. Susan enjoyed some strawberry (laughs) moonshine that night. (laughs) So that was – it was a lot of fun there in uh, Pueblo. So the next day, day five, was Pueblo to Grand Junction, Colorado, that is the day that I was thinking had to have been the best day of riding. I mean, I've, I took so many videos that day of just every, every turn you took, it got more and more beautiful. Um, if anybody's ever heard of Monarch Pass, we went through Monarch Pass. I think the elevations that day got up to around 13,000 feet, if I remember correctly. Do you guys remember? Like 13.5, I think, is where we're at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we went through several passes that were pretty high elevations, and as people were kind of following the ride and and seeing, in fact, I think it was Phil Perrin that told me, I can't remember if it was Phil or not, who said that in the winter, imagine what it's like going through that in the winter. And I can't, I mean, you know, I'm not from anywhere that gets snow like that. I've never lived anywhere that gets that much snow, so I can't imagine. Um, but it seemed like it would be pretty, pretty intense. Um, but tell us a little bit, one of you guys, uh, tell us a little bit about the ride that day. It was wet, really, really wet. That, is that, that's the day we met. Was it? Oh, it was, no, it was, it was the next day that was wet, huh? Yeah, plus the Grand Junction was like yeah, good weather. The, yeah, it was, the, it was the next day that was that we got rained on. <laughs> so All the days most just of the ride, I don't remember what month it is. I know. <laughs> Pueblo to Grand Junction, uh, whenever we came out of Canyon City, which was towards the beginning of the ride, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour into the ride, the is it the Arkansas River that kind of followed the path, and there were whitewater rafters and stuff coming down the river, which yeah. was really cool to see. Um, what else? Um, just in and out of the mountains, all through the passes. Um, I know a couple oh, of times yeah. you guys got stuck behind some slower vehicles, which kind of, you guys are kind of 95 mile an hour the whole way, so that slowed you down a little yeah. bit. But all in all, um, we, any comments <laughs> on the riding that day? We got in one pass um, following Hefe through um, through a canyon, and it was it was probably the best time I've had riding in five or six years. I mean, the guy's just super fast and super smooth, and we were just just hammering this canyon, and, and it was it was a riot. We were riding way too fast, and um, it was just it was a great time. 
Very cool. Um, but Corey, any anything that day to comment on? Yeah, I broke another belt. <laughs> that was a good time. Oh. You know, belt number two. <laughs> what my happened boy, that day, my, though? My, Different story. Yeah, my uh, my buddy Robert Fisher, Roaring Toys. I called him up and he had a belt, and uh, he shipped he overnighted it to me to Colorado, and I know he's trying to save me some money on shipping. So he managed to put a belt into a sandwich bag, if you can believe that or not. It was twisted that much. So I knew it was only going to last a little bit of time. You're not supposed to bend that Kevlar belt. So I got to the crest of the, the 13,000 square feet, and on the way down, the uh, the belt came shooting off my bike again. Wow. Yeah, it yeah, was a good look. So- it was a good look. So I come over the the peak with the truck and trailer, and it's freaking beautiful up there. And I'm just like enjoying everything. And I come I come over the peak and around the turn, and I see uh, Chris Cross's rig and Matt Bechtel's rig pulled over on the shoulder. And so I, I hit brakes real quick and try to get over just to make sure that they're okay, which thinking back, I, they're two guys and they're on the side of the road together. So I should have known they were fine, but I pull over and I go to the back of the trailers and I'm like, Hey, what's up? You guys. Okay. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're good. I'm like, okay, cool. And I look over and I see Corey's helmet sitting on the ground and my heart dropped again. And I was like, Oh my God, where's Corey? And they're like, he's in the trailer. So I didn't even realize that he was pulled over and they were the reason that he was pulled over or, he was the reason they were pulled over. So um, we got to we got to experience something even cooler that day. So it was cool the first time that something happened with the belt because James, you stepped in and um and stayed there with Corey and and helped him and you were right by his side. And then that day, I mean Corey, I think you can vouch for this. Everybody, I mean Quan was on his bike contacting people while he's riding trying to find you another belt and just I don't know how did you feel Corey about the way that people stepped up and and stopped what they were doing and wanted to help you I felt like the roles were reversed you know it's usually me helping all my customers and guys and figuring things out and getting them back up and running but it was really cool that by the time I got my bike loaded in the trail and I started rolling, my phone was already going off, and they already found me a belt, which was only 30 miles away at the next stop. So, like, it was, you know what, it was just like it felt good that the roles were reversed for once and that everybody stopped what they were doing to help me out and find what we needed and, you know, James coming down and he was the first one to grab tools and let's get this fixed. You know, because it was getting discouraging after breaking one belt. I don't know if you guys thought they've got belts on bagger before, but with my bike taking all that stuff back apart where everything's painted, it's like nerve-wracking and it's a shit job, to be honest with you. <laughs> so we had to do it not only once, we did it twice. Everybody stepped in. What do you need? What can we do? You know, brought me my brought my bike to this guy Thumper's house, which he was a character himself. That guy was cool as hell. Falena's to open yeah. his shop and his tools for my tools that night. And he was a cool cat to sit with and listen, he's an old drag racer and hear all the stories. And we actually knew a lot of the same people after we sat there for a while and talked, but it was good. 
Yeah, and, you know, most of the time I feel like whenever you're out with a group of people, if you're the one holding people up or if you're the one that has problems, I feel like people are irritated by you or upset by you or whatever. And unless they were just keeping it very well hidden, I I didn't feel that way at all. I didn't feel like anybody was inconvenienced. I didn't feel like anybody was – I think people were more supportive and even more – um, what's the word? Not impressed, but I, I think people were just more encouraging and wanted to see you back on the road, you know. And, and let's do whatever it takes. Like we've got all these people here and all this, um, all this support and all these contacts here in one place. Like, don't let this stop us. Let's keep going. Let's get it fixed and move on. So, like you said, totally a cool experience and that I think is when it really started to set in that this was a game changer and we were around a different group of people and you know mind you remember guys we just met most of these guys four days before so it's not like these are lifelong friends that you grew up with and you've always got each other's back these are people who just met and they're stopping everything they're doing to help you which was it was amazing um really quickly Quan said that he's he's uh He's getting a little bit of uh, – he's getting some comments about not mentioning Paul and Matt Bechtolt being in Nashville. So, sorry, guys. That was <laughs> – I'm sure he couldn't remember everybody. Um, and uh, he also said, let's not get too mushy. So, we'll we'll move on from the mushiness. But um, So, that was a great day. Uh, that ended at Triple Tree Tavern. And um, like Corey said, he, he found a guy named Thumper – who, and this is how we found this. A lot of people have asked this. How did you find a place to let you just come in and work on your bike? So it wasn't easy. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, like you can't just normally call people up and be like, hey, can we come in and use your shop and, and work on the stuff ourselves? Um, but both times, and we forgot to mention, Corey, that um, what was the name of the shop that we went to in uh, Pueblo? Is it uh, steel, steel City? Steel City. Steel Cosmos. City. Yeah. So they let the guys come into, and, you know, James and uh, Dan Stoll were there with Corey. Um, John Mead stopped by. I can't remember who was with John, but everybody was super supportive there, too. Um, so two shops had let, and, and all we did was call. Like we would call these places that we had been the night before we called the lizard lounge, the biker bar that we went to. And we're like, Hey, is there anybody in town that has a shop that might be cool with us coming in? And, you know, in uh, Pueblo, Hey, is there anybody around? And we, we found the guy that owns still city and then grand junction, um, you know, found this guy thumper by calling triple tree tavern and saying, Hey, are there any local shop owners in town that might be cool with this? So everybody was super accommodating and, and willing to help, and that was that was awesome. So that night at Triple Tree Tavern, um, James, I'm going to let you tell about what happened there because Corey was at Thumpers working on the bike and wasn't able to attend that night. You know, that that was my favorite stop of, of all of our stops. Um, those those guys are my those guys are my people. You know, they <clears throat> some guys I used to run with when I was a kid. Um, one guy named Slade um, heard about what was going on, heard we were coming through, and he just, in two days, he arranged uh, a poker run and, and got a ton of people together and raised a ton of cash for us. 
and and then we went to the uh, to the cavern and and there was no joke there was ten one percent clubs there and and That's nobody crazy. no no trouble no craziness just everybody there for the right reasons and um if if you didn't know these people it would be the scariest environment you've ever been in but but nobody was uncomfortable everybody just everybody just had a great time and we raised a ton of cash that night and and it was it was just like hanging out with your friends and and uh like i said slade slade really stepped up and and helped us out and then um all those guys all those clubs everybody just stepped together to do the right thing and that was that was definitely my favorite stop cool and we met slade slade came up to thumpers and hung out that night too very cool guy he's a good dude very cool. So um, the next day, day six, was Grand Junction, Colorado to Loveland, Colorado. And the the main point that I have on this day as the the event that stood out to me is this is the day that Corey finally realized that Quan isn't an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I still think he is, but whatever. I think he is, too. So... Randy Kwan, who was on the ride with us, um, I know he's still listening. I can see him on there. Um, Randy Kwan, a super cool guy. He was on earlier. He was the first caller uh, from Southern California. Corey and I joked that he looked like he could be um, – who do we say that we looked, he looked like he could be related to? Um, Last Mohegans, oh, Running No, Matt Hot. No, Matt so he has the he has a long dark ponytail tied back in the back and like dark skin and so apparently Corey thought the whole time that Randy is Native American. So that morning we're sitting out in front of the hotel. We were staying at uh, DoubleTree, I think, that night in Grand Junction, and uh, we're sitting out front. And Corey, you know, has had two. He's already blown two belts. And so he sits there and he says to me, um, I really, I need to have a good day today. And I'm like, babe, it's going to be a good day. It's, it's going to be a good day. Nothing else is going to happen. Like you, you got through it. The bike's fixed. Everybody has been by you the whole time. Like it's going to be a good day. And Corey looks up and sees Randy Kwan and says, what to Randy? I told Corey, him, this is where he to the, yeah. to the ground and do an Indian rain dance for me because we were going <laughs> to hit rain. <laughs> so I look over and I'm like, Corey, he's not Indian. Like, you think he's Native American? And Randy's laughing, and and I'm like, his last name's Quan. Like, <laughs> how do you think he's Native American? Anyway, so that was pretty funny, and that was. I the, thought it was short for Quanto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the origin of all of our, our Randy Kwan jokes from that point on, which were pretty funny. Grand Junction, it already was like cold and and foggy and kind of drizzling that morning. So we kind of knew that the guys were in for some bad weather. And, and plus, not to mention, the radar had a huge green and yellow blob over the entire route. So we took off. And you guys made it. We stopped for fuel about two hours in. And tell me how you were feeling at that point, Corey. And explain what you were wearing. I wasn't dressed 
for the occasion. I should say that <laughs> I had a hoodie on, some dickies, and some vans, and a three-quarter helmet. And I already knew what it was gonna what was gonna happen. So I when I saw when I looked over and I saw the guys putting their rain gear on, and they I knew it was gonna be bad for me. <laughs> so it already been I did get pouring boots. down rain. I did get some boots. Some boot, yeah, yeah. Tell us how that ended up, because after you, so we rode uh, from Grand Junction to Loveland. You go through all the ski areas that you always hear about. I've never been skiing, but you always hear about Vail and Breckenridge and wherever else we went through. So I'm seeing all these signs of plate names that I recognize. So we're going through all that, and again, elevations up to thirteen, fourteen thousand feet. Um, the videos that I took are crazy looking. I mean the sky looks like it comes down and almost touches the ground. The the clouds and the fog are so low. Um, so it was about five hours, I think, of downpour. And you guys are still, it, it killed me to see you guys still going 9,500 miles an hour just getting through it. And, you know, most people that I talked to, I know, James, I think you said that you hit some some standing water at one point and you oh, got a little yeah, squirrely yeah. with your back end. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd come into them sections where there was four or five inches of water and it was in, and at 95 miles an hour. It's a, it's a little intimidating, but, but yeah, we all made it through, so. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, I mean, I'm it, talking, it guys, like, imagine, go ahead. And it was like 40 degrees, too. I mean, it wasn't like it was 80 degrees and rain. And it was like 40 degrees and 42 yeah. degrees and, and rain and all day. And and it was it was still, it was beautiful, though, still. Yeah. And this is going from most of the ride was like 105, the temperature, like in Kansas and Missouri. It was like 105. Yeah. And then we dropped down into the 40s in Colorado, which was freaky. But, um. And I would I was behind you guys watching these cars trying to get in between you, and then trucks would pass, and if they hit standing water, it would blow this huge sheet of water up over you. It was it was kind of crazy to see from behind. Um, but you guys made it through, and you stopped. Uh, Corey, tell us about your uh, tell us about your stop uh, when we got through all the rain. Well, thank God I had the boots on. I gotta say that because my dickies acted as wicks, and my feet were in fish bowls for about four hours because I had so much water in my boots holding water. But we made it through Vale, like James said. It was like 42 degrees. It was freezing, and my bike just had enough. It took in too much water. We stopped. We we're heading to a casino village. And uh, again, because of Dave about... and his gambling problem. <laughs> no, we were going to eat. We had uh, we were having lunch and stuff like that. And, uh, my uh, just my engine took in too much water because I have a stack on the side of my bike, and I end up uh, bending a valve and collapsing a lifter and breaking a spring. Uh, so again, my bike was out of commission. Nice. And at this point, well, I remember was, you were just like heartbroken. Yeah, I've I've just had enough at that point, you know. And Matt um, sent his truck over to pick me up and load it up. And the whole time I'm looking as we were going through Vale, I don't know what it is in the Colorado on the roads there, but it's like you're riding through milk 
I don't know, I'm looking down at my bike and I'm just wrecked. I'm like, I am wrecking my bike so bad right now because, like, my motor was white and all the custom painted cases on my bike were getting ruined and stuff like that. And it was just like, ugh. But um, the guys at Grand, what was it? No, was it Thunder Creek? Thunder Mountain, Harley-Davidson. When we got there, they were really, yeah, they were really cool about um, letting me use the wash bay, and I got all that stuff off, which was really cool. Did they let us use the wash bay there, get up my, my bike cleaned up again? Yeah, yeah, which was really nice. And, you know, I felt like James and Corey and all the guys who were riding these custom bikes, um, I feel like you guys really kind of shut people up about how these bikes are supposed to be trailer queens and how they don't get in the rain, they don't get dirty. And while I'm sure you don't enjoy riding your bikes in the rain and getting them dirty, you obviously saw the bigger picture and you were there for a reason and you didn't let that stop you. And to see, you know, Corey, with your bike being brand new, this was the first time you'd ever ridden it and getting all this white, sediment whatever was coming down off the mountain onto the road getting all this all over the bike and you know james you're on a custom bike and and you're you're riding in the rain and the same stuff getting it all over your bike like it just it was cool to see it and i'm glad that we got videos of it and pictures so that we can show people like these guys are still riding these bikes you know and they're not they're not sitting the day out because it's raining or anything the other thing that i really was thankful for um despite you know, the, the issues that, that you had, Corey, with your bike, none of the issues were because it was a lay frame. None of the issues were because it was a 30. They were just issues that, I you know, could have happened to any bike with that air cleaner on it or any bike that had used belts on You know, so, I mean, it was it was cool to see that because you guys were both riding big wheel baggers and along with some other people on the ride as well. I know Dan was on a big wheel bagger and several other people. And I was crazy to it. I was crazy to. I was crazy to think that there was nothing going to happen to my bike. I mean, here, me and the guys at the shop just put this bike together. You know, we took the tranny, the motor, everything completely apart, and we redid the whole thing. Soup to nuts, it was done. And I put thirty miles on it, and I loaded in the trail to go do a two, <laughs> twenty two hundred mile shakedown run with. Guys in the industry that 95 miles an hour is cruising speeds and 115 is what we're rolling at, you know. So I was yeah. like, something's gonna happen, but I still, you know, went with it. And I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, we broke the motor, but <laughs> Friday was ripped apart, and I had it running Sunday. You know. Yeah. In, yeah. So in, in I, the, I'm just. Go ahead. I was just gonna say in. In defense of that bike, we we broke down every day. Somebody broke down every day. We had problems with 2016 Indians. So it's it's not the bike's fault. It's, if you take 50 custom bikes and put them on the road and go put 2,500 miles on them, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems somewhere. Um, I mean, we had um, Larry's bike had had problems. Um, I mean, we we you know we did tires. We had Chad's bike had problems. And, I mean, everybody's bike had something i ran out of gas but that was that was actually my fault not the bike's fault i was like no um, problem <laughs> that was my problem you can do whatever you want to them unless you put fuel in them they do not run it's weird but but yeah i mean we it, it, it literally had nothing to do with quality of the build it, it was 
it had it hadn't been ridden and it hadn't been shaken down and and we had problems with everything so um you you can't ride that many miles on that many bikes and not have problems it's just because it's a 30 lay frame that everybody's attention were on those problems and and left everybody else's problems alone you know it it it's kind of like a, a one-sided deal you know they just think oh you know, the lay frame has the problems, it's because they're not rideable. It's not. I mean, th- there was guys on completely stock bikes that we had issues with, but but Facebook isn't making a big deal out of them, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. And you know, I had people I have to me take... on the way home, their right. question that I even wrote it, and I had people like, Corey, chime in on this. Tell them that you rode your bike. I'm like, I rode as far, you know, I rode as far as I could go until it broke in Colorado that time, but we always managed to fix it and keep rolling, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think think that's the point of the guys that were on the ride with you, you know, like, nobody gave up. Nobody said, all right, this is it, I've had enough, like, it's not going my way. Um, Everybody kept going, and, you know, Corey, you kept going every time something happened. Everybody would come together. James was always right there by your side, and you guys did what needed to get done to get you back on the road and you got back on the road. So I have to point that out. And I also have to take the opportunity to say this because every time this comes up on the show, I try to make sure and get this out there. If you're listening and you are not a builder, if you are having a bike built by a builder, if you're thinking about it, or if you have before, this is the reason why the builder wants to take your bike out and put some miles on it before they deliver it to you, before you pick it up. This is the reason why after you've been waiting several months to get your bike back, they still want another week with it. This is the reason why they encourage you to let them have a few days with it. It's because they want to get out and put some miles on it and ride it and work all these little kinks out before you get it. Um, it's, It's for your benefit and it's in your best interest. I know that we talked about that with uh, John Shope on the show before about hot bike tour last year whenever he had problems with his bike and i said you know what i'm glad you said that because to hear that a builder has these minor issues with a bike with their own bike when they take it out after being built is just it's it it proves to people who are having their bike built that you know there's a reason why the builder wants to put some miles on the bike after it's finished so be patient with them is my point um so that was day six grand junction to loveland um, when we got to Loveland, how awesome was Thunder Mountain Harley Davidson, guys? That was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely one of the nicest is, dealerships I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah, the nicest dealership I've ever been to. Crowd participation was great. They had a whole setup out there with um, – they were had food and drinks. And um, they donated along with um, James. Help me out. I know uh, Thunder Mountain donated twenty five hundred dollars. Um, Hideout donated twenty five hundred dollars. Yep, Hideout donated twenty five hundred. And and yep, and one more did they? Um, maybe Outpost or Wallace. Yep. Wallace, I think. Yeah. Uh, I wish I knew the right answer. Um, if anybody knows, call me or text me and let me know because I want to make sure I give the right people credit. Um, but that was a big donation, um, and just the people that came out. I know we had uh, we had a couple of people come out just to meet some of the guys, and uh, they were able to go to dinner with us that night, which was awesome. Um, so, Lawless. Randy says it was Lawless that donated the other $2,500 to Saints. Awesome. Um, so, 
yeah, Thunder Mountain was amazing. Um, that was that was a great um, that was a great last uh, Harley Davidson event. So the next day was Loveland, Colorado, to um, to Sturgis. Sturgis. And that took us up through Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a good day of riding. Um, it was uh, the weather was nice for for everybody that day, and so we rode up and met um, just outside of Spearfish. And James, you were there for more of that. So can you tell us a little bit about that and the ride into Full Throttle? Yeah, it was it was great. We all just went up and met at the met at the bar and and uh, just kind of hung out for a little bit and. <clears throat> and that's that's kind of when you you know you're sitting there and everything's all done and you're you're just kind of trying to you, you can't accept that the ride's over you know you just want it to go on for like another yeah. month and and you you know all the people are there and and everybody's just just sitting there and it's quiet and um, every time somebody talks you know they get really emotional and um, it was it was just great I mean it that was kind of the point where you just realize that that this has to be a yearly thing um, you, you know it it is. It is like a life-changing deal, and, and I have a day job too. I I have a day job. I build bikes, and I uh, have a family, and, and I know how hard it is to to get that time off and and to do it. But but I promise, if you do it, it it will be something you will do forever. I mean, it, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing for me, but but I I don't know how, but I'm going to get back every year because just just the people that were there and. Um, you know, getting getting to hang out with people that you've looked up to for so long, just on a on a real level, and 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 meet all these other people who've looked up to you, and it, it's it's just a it's just a crazy atmosphere, and and I think that's the only place you could you could get something like that, and 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 it it was great. And then we all got to ride in together, and and um, we got to the throttle, and <clears throat> they had an awesome welcome party for us, and got to everybody hang out by the pool, and all the groups that we were that we were giving money to were there, and and it was that's when everything really started to make sense. You know, it was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a surreal experience. Um, a lot of our industry friends met us at full throttle. So, um, Steve Kosky was there. He didn't get to go on the ride with us, but he showed up to show his support there for the last event. Um, Tony Frey from American bagger, urban bagger was there to show support. Um, a lot of people who weren't on the ride, um, Samara, Dave's fiance, was there. Um, all the organizations that we raised money for, like you said, James, they were all there. And to see the smiles on their faces whenever we announced how much money was raised and, and to see how excited they were, to see everybody come in and how appreciative they were, um, it was surreal is the best way to put it. I mean, and there were a lot of very surreal moments throughout the entire experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We still... We didn't stop. We got to full throttle, guys, and we were still raising money. I know um, one of the things that was auctioned off at full throttle was a helmet that all of the participants signed, which is pretty cool to have all those signatures on the helmet together. And um, Phil Perrin is a uh, very dedicated listener of the show and a friend. And I did a live Facebook video while they were doing the auction, and Phil was like, I want that helmet. Don't don't let me lose that helmet. So I'm trying to bid for him, and I'm like, you got to keep up, Phil. You got to keep up. And so you know, at first he said I'll go $200, and then Flash started the bidding at $200, and I was like, oh crap, you got to do better than that. 
so he says, okay, I'll go up to 500. So I bid him up to 500 and somebody was still bidding on it. And so Phil goes, you know what? I want it. I'll go up to a thousand dollars. And I'm like, what? So we go up and it gets to $800 and it stops and he wins it at $800. And then Phil comes through and tells me, he's like, you know what? I'm still going to pay a thousand dollars for it. It's going to charity. So put me down for a thousand dollars. And that is just one example of hundreds of times during this event that people wanted. They were like foaming at the mouth to give money to this event because it's just such a great cause. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was so cool. Um, We did uh, at the end, they did their second half MVPs. So there were three, three teams, right? Dave Withrow's team, Lynn Edmondson's team, uh, or John Mead and, um, the Flash. Flash. And, yeah, and James, you were on Flash's team, right? Yes, yep. And you won the second half MVP for Flash's team, which was awesome. Yep. And then, Corey, you won second half MVP on Dave's team. So yep. you guys both got the MVP award for the ride. That was cool. Um, that was great. And real quick, Kim Mead is listening right now. Hey, girl. Um, so I was super excited to meet her. Um, I've I've seen Kim and John uh, on Facebook and stuff. I knew who they were, but we'd never actually met. So that was another just cool experience was to be able to meet them. And I'm so glad we were able to do that. They're both awesome people. Kim stepped up and brought some stuff to be auctioned off that day too. And they were able, I don't remember exactly how much money they raised for those things, uh, but I know they were able to pick up several hundred dollars off that stuff. So Kim, that was awesome. Um, and uh, what else, Corey? Is there anything else you took out of that final day? Uh, I think I agree 100% with James. It's just like to do the whole ride. Like I know I was stressed out to the max to get on the ride, do it all. But once I met everybody into the ride, how cool the family became on this whole trip, and how much fun I had. That I know I already signed up. I think James did too for next year. We're going yeah. to California and do it all again. 100%. So. I would just encourage anybody else, and I know a couple of my friends that have already called me up, and they followed us day by day that have already locked down 100%, told the wives, told the kids, they're going. So I know I'll have uh, at least four or five of my friends and customers rolling with us next year on some big wheelbaggers and doing a ride with us from Cali uh, to South Dakota. So I was just grateful that I was asked to do it. I was speechless when Splash and Dave asked me to do it in Cincinnati. I think it's an honor, and uh, I just, I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed my time, and everything was just awesome. It was just a great time. Well, I I think that you guys definitely nailed it in saying that. I mean, we've said since the beginning of the show how amazing of an experience it was, how big of a game changer it was. I felt bad, and I still do, we're two weeks off the end of the ride. It ended two weeks ago. And I feel bad for anybody that talks to me because I feel like that's still all that I'm talking about. I feel like every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, you know what though, on the ride, we did this. And I feel like everybody's like, okay, we get it. Like you went on a ride. It was fun. We get it. But, um, it was just that kind of experience. You can't stop talking about it. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there and, I'm not even I'm not even afraid to say this. I'm just going to say it. So this year the goal was $75,000, right? And we definitely passed that. 
um, as you heard us say earlier, we're over $77,000 and we're not done. Um, I would say that we may end up breaking $80,000, maybe even $85,000 for the ride to the 76. Um, I, I do not see why we wouldn't be able to break a hundred or even $125,000 next year as into this yeah. as we have been and as dedicated as we are and as pumped up as we are about it. I know that I know us, I know, you know, with Corey, I know we're going to raise well over what we raised this year. James, I'm sure you'll do the same thing. Um, yeah. I don't see why we can't do over a hundred or even 125,000 next year. And I'm putting that out there and you guys can, Hang on to that and call me on it next year whenever it comes time. But I think we're going to do it. What do you guys think? I I agree 100. percent I'm gonna I'm gonna set my personal goal at 20,000 and I'm gonna make it one way or another. Wow. Because because um, the people the people want to help. It's such a good thing. I mean, there it's possible. You just gotta want it. So. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, Corey, I'll let you tell. One one of your hamster brothers uh, stepped up and decided that he wanted to help you. Um, I'm going to let you tell everybody about that because that was just one example, and I know that if more people like this stepped up, that's what's going to get us over that goal next year. So tell us about um, John. Yeah, John, uh, when he found out what I was doing, he does the hamster ride every year, usually from California, and, and he was really cool. Him and his wife, Gloria, they called the shop, and they said that um, they told you um, whatever I raised that he would match, and I thought that was over the top for him to do that. And so, John Krishna, if you're listening, I thank you again very much for stepping up and doing that. Um, I thought that was really cool of him to do that. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, John and Gloria. Uh, that John Christner, if you guys know him, you totally understand. He's just, they're both great people and very generous. And um, Corey and I are really close to them, and, and that was huge for them to step up and help out like that. So um, that is pretty much the whole ride. Um, we hung out, the people from the ride, we ended up hanging out the entire time we were in Sturgis, so it didn't stop at full throttle. Um, when you become family with people, you, you hang out with them and you spend your time with them. So we ended up spending another nine days with everybody, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, on the next episode next week, we'll go into more. Um, we'll talk about Dave's party at uh, American Bagger, Urban Bagger headquarters and Black Hills cycles. Um, and then we're going to talk more about the entire Sturgis experience. So um, anything else you guys have to add tonight, James and Corey? No, I was just, everybody really, really needs to start focusing now on trying to find a way to go because it will be worth it. Yeah. And we said what we have, you've got 49 weeks. We're already counting down the weeks. You got 49 weeks to plan and make it happen. And, and out of I'm you right now, that should be easy. I'm yeah. on my way to Amber tonight at Cheetah right now, so all my proceeds tonight of my winnings, I'm going to stop tonight with. <laughs> so I'm telling you right That's now, I'm, me broke. I'm, I'm already. <laughs> I'm on it. So you're telling me you're not going to be home for dinner? No, I'm not. No, no. I'm doing. I'm shaking it. Okay. I'm shaking. I got those booty shorts. I'm on. <laughs> all right. Oh, wait a minute. 
booty shorts. You just opened up a whole other story that I, I would be I would be doing a disservice to my listeners if I didn't tell about this. So, Corey's bike. Tell us about your seat, Corey. Uh, I got a, I got a hand tooled seat on so my bike. So mad at me right now. So mad at me. No, I'm not mad. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I got a pancake butt, and you went out and ordered me some of those false advertisement girls wear the booty shorts with, you know, with the Chick-fil-A's, and I won. So I was wearing girls' panties, riding my bike for one day, which is sad to say, but yes, I had them on. They did work, but they only lasted one day on me. The um, the lace the lace looked like a chain link fence on me. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So I bought him. My street some cred just went down like six things. points, I think. <laughs> yeah. Only with the guys. Only with the guys. So um, oh. real quick, also. But Kevin I did give him. I, I did give him the Quan. Uh, Quan bought bought him off me at the end of the ride, so he's got my booty shorts. That's good. Oh, nice. Did you sign uh, him for him? I did sign him. He gave me 20 bucks for him, and the pers- and we I donated the money. We could sent some messages. He said, he said, Corey was a man riding his 30 through the rain and no rain gear and rubber boots that collected all the water, a true sight to see. And then he said, regarding our seed, Dave's group became known as the Scalded Apes as we rode in like scalded apes. No mercy if you can't keep up, but we always kept up where everyone was. <laughs> nice. So I think that was definitely the truth. <laughs> he, he made uh, it home in like, uh, what, two days after the whole ride? Yeah. Did he make it home in like like record time? And that dude Less is a one, one o'clock in the morning, that dude got up and he was gone. I mean, that, that yeah. guy rides. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So he he left from Sturgis and got all the way back to Maryland in like record time. He's he's a beast. Um, so I think I mean I hope we mentioned everybody. I I should have made a list of everybody that was on the ride, but I didn't because I'm I didn't prepare. But um, everybody who was on the ride, you know who you were. We had a blast. We appreciate every single one of you, and we're so thankful that we were able to meet you and, and build these relationships with you. Cause it was definitely a game changer. Like we said, so um, Corey James, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'll keep posting pictures. And if you guys have any pictures, send them to me so I can share them. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure everybody was really glad to hear from you guys. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. All right. All right, guys. So next week we are going to continue with our Sturgis coverage um, that will uh, that will actually go from the Friday that we ended the ride. Um, so it'll start on Saturday, the first day of the rally, and it'll go through the following Saturday. So we're going to cover the American Bagger Urban Bagger Party. We're going to cover uh, Baddest Bagger. We're going to cover all the weather and everything that happened while we were on the uh, in the rally. We're going to cover the vendors and tell you how the attendance was and. Uh, talk to some people about the rides that happened, um, all kinds of stuff. We'll we'll cover Sturgis from day one to day nine and uh, tell you all about everything that happened. And we have some good guests coming on next week. Uh, we already have some, some people who have sent messages with comments about it. So next week's definitely going to be a great 
a great show. Um, just look for the post. I'll show you when the uh, when the episode is going to air. And remember, for tonight's show, it is available after the live version. So if you missed any of the live version, all you have to do is go back to the same link. I think you usually have to give it about an hour after the live version, and the recorded version will be available. Um, you can find that link on our Facebook, or you can just go to WideOpenRadioShow.com. Uh, our website goes back, I think, about 35 archived episodes you can find on there. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This was fun being able to tell everybody about the ride to the 76. Thanks again to Dave Withrow and Flash and everybody involved in putting that event together. Um, again, amazing experience. If you can find a way to make it happen next year, I know we've already had several people commit to doing it next year and finding a way to make it happen. Do it. Guys, you will not, you will not regret it. Once-in-a-lifetime experience, and we're going to try to make it a once-a-year thing. I don't know how you say that. But anyway, um, we will continue Sturgis coverage. And until then, guys, just stay on our Facebook. We're going to be posting pictures and videos from the entire ride. Like I said, I've only gotten through maybe a fifth of the pictures and videos. So there's a lot more to come, a lot of funny shots that we caught, and um, uh, some very funny videos. So that's uh, facebook.com slash wide open radio. Or you can go to our group page. Make sure you join that for uh, more exclusive videos and updates. Just search for the group Wide Open Radio Custom Motorcycle Talk Radio. Um, that's it, guys. This is another episode of Wide Open Radio in the book. Um, everybody have a great night. Share the show and be looking for the post for next week's show. We'll talk to you later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.